0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit
1: Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
2: Welcome to the best thing on the Internet, House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Whether you're planning to buy or sell a house, call in now with your question. Our goal is to help you with any real estate transaction. So, turn off the cat videos and pay attention. Here's your host, Duncan Smythe. Welcome to House Talk. I'm Duncan Smythe. And a happy Christmas Eve to
3: everyone who's listening. Our phone number is 866-472-5788. If you'd like to call in and tell me your favorite real estate-related Christmas carol, Yeah, I couldn't think of one either. So throw another log on the fireplace, grab a cup of eggnog, and gather the whole family around the Voice America mobile app, because we're going to talk about home inspections. When a house goes under contract, uh, that is, after an offer has been accepted, uh, the buyer will schedule a home inspection, usually within a week or 10 days, after any contract issues have been settled, that's the time to schedule a home inspection. Uh, your realtor will keep on top of that and tell you when it's time to proceed uh, with any inspections. The home inspection customarily includes several different things. It inclo- includes, of course, a structural inspection of the house, a termite or you know, pest inspection, and depending on the region of the country you live in, uh, it will include a radon test. I'm not going to go into environmental, uh, a lot of environmental issues today like radon and oil tanks and asbestos. I'm going to cover that on another program. But what I will talk about, also what may be included as part of a home inspection, is uh, a lead-based paint inspection, a well test. That, of course, is an absolute must if you're drinking well water. Uh, a septic system inspection for those of you without city sewers. And also, as needed, uh, if you have a pool, you want to get a pool inspection. Sometimes your home inspector will will call for uh, further inspections uh, for mold, for example, asbestos, oil tank, or a chimney. I'll go into that a little bit more in a few minutes. A structural inspector is going to spend several hours uh, examining the house for any potential problems. How long does it take? Wow. Uh, I've been to structural inspections that lasted about an hour, and I've been to structural inspections that lasted five hours. But I would have to say that two or three hours is typical. If you're if you're calculating and budgeting your time, I would say probably two to three hours. The inspector is going to look for flaws, defects, any damage, maintenance problems, anything that might need repair. Uh, the inspector is also looking for compliance with current building codes. Uh, buyers, you should absolutely be there for this inspection. This is something you do not want to miss. You're going to learn a lot of important things about your new home. And the inspector will make a lot of really valuable recommendations and maintenance suggestions. You really want to be there for that. Uh, His advice is really valuable to you as a buyer. To sellers, should you stay home for the inspection? Absolutely. I highly recommend that you be home for the inspection so you can be available to answer questions about the property, uh, about your maintenance to the property, about things you have done over the years. Because invariably, questions will come up. So I, I certainly recommend that the seller be there for that. If the home inspector finds potential problems beyond his expertise, he may recommend a specialist uh, to come in for an expert opinion. The good examples of this are mold and asbestos. They're very—it's very common uh, that he'll call for a further inspection for mold or asbestos. One of the biggest mistakes you can make as a seller, uh, in my book, I call it a colossal mistake, that would be concealing the material defects of the house. Any defect or problem which could affect the value of the house must be disclosed to the buyers. In most states, laws mandate this, but it could also result in a lawsuit. Uh, attempting to conceal something is never to your advantage. A structural inspection will most likely reveal the problem, which must then be rectified, and it could possibly scare the buyers away if you tried to conceal it, because a buyer might consider that dishonest if you didn't tell them about something that was wrong with the house. It can also become more expensive when attorneys get involved because they're going to demand multiple estimates for the repair. So, you know, if you have knowledge of a structural defect and fail to disclose it, and it's discovered after the closing, the seller is probably facing a lawsuit. lawsuit. So it's a very bad situation to find yourself in. Most real estate companies are now using a seller disclosure statement. This is a document that's completed by sellers and presented to the buyer. It's a comprehensive questionnaire uh, in which the sellers reveal information about the house. Uh, Sellers, you should complete this with absolute honesty to the best of your knowledge. Don't be intimidated. Uh, The seller disclosure is simply what you know about your house. Uh, And Here's a good tip for any seller. If you know of something that's wrong with the house, address the problem before you put the house on the market. Don't wait for it to become a problem. Okay, so home inspectors normally cover the following things. The structure, of course, what the inspector is looking for. He's going to examine the house. He's going to be looking for structural integrity. He's going to look at the walls, the ceilings, the siding on the outside of the house. Do you have wood siding? Do you have, uh, I mean, wood shingles? Do you have aluminum siding? Brick, possibly. He's going to be look, looking for cracks or breaks in that uh is there are there any is there anything wrong with it? Just take a look at it. you can see yourself. He's going to be looking at all the windows of the house. Are they functioning? Do they open and close normally? And doors, of course, he's going to look at every door. Are there cracks? Is it in the frame? Does it open and close freely? These are all normal structural issues. Uh, he's going to check out your porch uh, and your deck and take a good look at your deck. Uh, is it rotting? Is there any deterioration? Because if the inspector's foot goes through the deck, that's that's a bad situation. <laughs> Uh, he's going to examine your patio for cracks and that sort of thing. Stairways are a big thing, interior and exterior stairways. The inspector is going to take a very close look. Uh, railings should be on every staircase you have, whether it's coming up to your front door, your back door, to the first or second floor, to the basement. There really should always be a railing for safety. That is a safety issue, and that will come up at a structural inspection. And railings should be solid. A lot of people don't pay attention to this if they don't use the railing frequently. But if you can put your hand on the railing and move it around like the stick shift in a car, (laughs) that's too loose. It's got to be tightened up. It's got to be fixed. That is definitely a safety issue, and safety issues play a major role in a home inspection. He's going to examine the uh, sidewalks around the house. If you have sidewalks, uh, they're frequently cracked. That needs to be fixed. Uh, And sidewalks, it's very common for the roots of a tree to grow up under a sidewalk and raise it up. Have you seen that? That's pretty common. Uh, That needs to be fixed. That's absolutely a safety issue. Uh, The inspector is also going to look in the garage and in the driveway and so forth. Uh, Inside the house, he's going to be looking for working smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors. But you really should have those functioning normally all the time. Uh, The foundation. He's going to examine the foundation. This includes the floors, the framing. He's going to spend a lot of time in the basement looking at the beams overhead. Uh, Load-bearing beams especially. He wants to make sure the structure is, structure is properly supported. While in the basement, he's going to be looking for water penetration also. Um, electrical service. The home inspector is going to in, uh, examine everything involving the electrical system, including the system type and the capacity, uh, any wiring that's visible. He's going to open your electric panel or panels if you have more than one. What he's looking for He's looking for proper connections, he's looking for overloaded circuits, he's looking for code violations, and each sort of a code violation uh, is going to be flagged in his report. He's going to walk around the house and look at every electrical fixture, every switch, every receptacle. He's going to make sure you have GFCI outlets anywhere near a water source. GFCI stands for Ground Fault Circuit Interrupter, if you don't know what that means, It's required by code. It has to be anywhere near a water source, so it will trip automatically if water is introduced. It's really important to have those. It is a huge safety issue. He's going to examine HVAC. uh, That's Heating, Ventilation, Air Conditioning. He'll look at the heating system, the air conditioning system. He's going to run them both because they have to be running in the proper temperature range. He's going to check the venting, the ductwork. He's going to check any maintenance records you might have. He's going to check the filters um, because the filters, of course, are a maintenance issue. You should change those very regularly. Uh, as a buyer, the question you want to ask is: if it's not new, uh, how long is it going to last? You know, how long, how how old is the furnace? How long is it likely to last? There are a lot of old furnaces in the country. People don't buy furnaces unless they have to. Uh, it's one of those. Uh, it's one of those items in the house that's pretty much invisible until it malfunctions. Nobody says. Honey, let's go looking at furnaces this weekend. Uh, Plumbing. He's going to examine anything involved with the plumbing system, including the hot water heater. Uh, As a buyer, you want to know how old that is. The average hot water water heater life is about 10 years. Sometimes you'll squeeze out 12 or even 15 years. But uh, you really want to look to replace it when it's about 10 years old. He's going to be checking water pressure, uh, anything involved with the waste system, toilets, uh, sinks, fixtures, drains, valves. He's looking for leaks or anything faulty in the entire plumbing system. In the kitchen, he's going to take a close look at any built-in appliances, that are in, the things that are included with the sale, not a microwave, but uh, like the range, the oven, cooktop, dishwasher. He'll run the dishwasher and make sure the temperature is, uh, is correct because if it's not hot enough, it's not cleaning the dishes. That's, uh, that's not safe. Your home inspector is definitely going to climb up on the roof. And uh, the first thing as a buyer you want to know is how old is the roof? How long is it going to last? Most roofs are, are good for at least 20 years. Uh, but there are manufacturers out there uh, with, that are selling 30- and 40-year roofs. Better quality shingles last longer, but, of course, they cost more. But that's a good investment if you know you're going to stay in your house for a really long time. Get a good roof. He's going to examine roof shingles for cracking, chipping, curling, Uh, Any of this indicates it's an older roof that may need replacement soon. Uh, It's very common for an inspector to say, budget to replace. That's a common phrase you hear a home inspector use. The buyer's question, how soon? If the roof is getting old, how soon does it need to be replaced? While the inspector's on the roof, he's going to be checking skylights, gutters, downspouts to make sure they're attached and functioning normally. Uh, Chimneys and fireplaces, anything to do with the chimney, he's going to examine that inside and out. He wants to make sure the flue and the lining are in good condition in the chimney. He's going to check it for functionality. Are there any cracks? Are there any blockages in the chimney system? Uh, uh, He's going to ensure that it's exhausting properly. Again, huge safety issue. That's a carbon monoxide uh, risk. Uh, Frequently, uh, we'll have a home inspector call for a further inspection by an expert when it comes to chimneys.
4: Um,
3: There are other things that are involved. Um, other things like a pool, if you have a pool, he's going to be inspecting for cracks. He's going to be inspecting the filtration system. Uh, if your pool has a heater, he's going to, uh, examine that to make sure the heater is working properly and at the correct temperature. Uh, if you have a sprinkler system, he's going to run the sprinkler system. He's going to make sure it's working normally. Uh, and there are no leaks in the system. If you have a well or a septic system, you're definitely going to have an expert, uh, to check that out. A well water test is imperative. Uh, You you want to send the water out to a lab to make sure that your water is pure. Uh, Of course, especially if you have kids or not just with kids. Everyone wants good, decent water. Uh, Septic system, again, that may require a further inspection. And if you have an oil tank, that's something we're really going to go into uh, at another time on another show. Okay, let's take a quick break. Uh, I'll be back in a couple of minutes. I'm Duncan Smythe. This is House Talk.
2: the Internet's number one talk station. Number
4: one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Hi, I'm Joe Galita, president of Millennium Home Mortgage. We know that owning a home is the American dream and we are here to make that dream come true for you. With years of experience and exceptional customer service, we will help you navigate the often murky waters of the mortgage industry working hard to find a mortgage program that's best for you. For more information, go to MHMLender.com Millennium Home Mortgage, the first place to go for a mortgage.
2: If you like what you're hearing on the show today, or if you have a question or comment for Duncan, contact him on Twitter at housetalkguy, or email him at housetalkguy at gmail.com. Duncan's book, Colossal Mistakes Home Sellers Make, is available at colossalmistakes.com or through any online bookseller. Duncan can also help you choose an outstanding real estate agent in your area. If you'd like Duncan to recommend a great local realtor for you, go to his website, duncansmythe.com, and click on Recommend a Realtor. Many people are seeking to make a difference in the world, but few actually have the tools to do so. Every week, host Mary Beth Lodge and her guests will have you thinking forward and will give you the tips to keep your life goals priorities and choices on track the result is an easier happier and more inspired life the name of the program is what matters tune in every wednesday at 9 a.m eastern time 6 a.m pacific time on the voice america variety channel what really matters is the positive changes that you'll bring to your life and the world just by listening stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com you are listening to house talk with duncan smythe to reach our show call in to 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to housetalkguy at gmail.com Or tweet Duncan at House Talk Guy. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Now, back to the show.
3: Okay, we're back with House Talk. Uh, I'm Duncan Smythe. Our number is 866-472-5788. We're talking about home inspections, and I want to talk a bit about uh, termites. This is a big problem uh, almost everywhere in the country. It it occurs with great regularity. Uh, Termites and other wood-destroying pests are a huge problem. Uh, these are hungry little suckers that can cause a lot of damage. Termites, carpenter ants, and carpenter bees are really common. I know that on the East Coast, over 85% of homes exhibit some evidence of infestation or damage caused by these pests. And I know that's true in many parts of the country. Uh, and in many cases, the homeowner is totally oblivious to the situation until it's brought to light by the structural inspection. I once had a client uh, with a termite issue that cost over forty thousand dollars in repairs the people had lived there for years about thirty some years they had absolutely no clue because they never had a treatment they just never thought about it buyers I definitely recommend regular service you can sign a contract with a termite company an annual contract they will come and examine the house every year they'll spray it if they need to it's not an expensive thing to do and it can save you a lot of money in the long run This is a situation, if if this arises in a structural inspection, the buyer will certainly demand remediation. Uh, In cases where there are pests but no damage is present, an exterminator can be called and he'll come to the house. This is usually not terribly expensive unless the infestation is really widespread. However, uh, damage, as I said, damage caused over a period of many, many years can be extensive and expensive. The structural report. Several days after the structural inspection is done, the inspector is going to send a report to the buyer. And this, for buyers, I really recommend you read this thoroughly, front to back, every word. It's got a lot of really great information, uh, care and maintenance suggestions. Uh, it's usually twenty or thirty to pages, twenty or thirty pages. It's it's very comprehensive. Home inspectors are pretty thorough. But you'll find that it's very helpful for the information that it gives you about your new house. The section of most interest to the buyers is the section that talks about repair items. These are items the inspector feels require really urgent attention before the new owners take possession of the house. The buyer uh, then will look at that, look at the results of the inspection, and they'll respond with a list of items that they want repaired or replaced. Your realtor is going to help you a lot through this process. Uh, his job is to help you settle these issues. Uh, the agent for the seller is going to negotiate with the agent for the buyer, and they'll come to an agreement. They'll help you come to an agreement. But negotiation is necessary in most cases, and it's generally pretty productive uh, in settling these structural matters. Uh, but a realtor is a huge asset because of the experience and, uh, in negotiating structural issues. Responding to the report. The buyer is going to make a list of demands, and the seller is going to review that list, and the seller will make a decision about how to respond. So, uh, here there are several different ways that, as a seller, that you can respond to a structural report. Uh, one, you can just agree to agree to make the repair. Just say yes. You say, I, "I see, I know there was something wrong. I'll take care of it." I recommend, as a seller, that you make minor repairs yourself if you have the expertise. Little things, a broken window, you can take that to the hardware store. Replacing a light fixture. That's pretty simple. But for anything technical, uh, you want to get more than one estimate and hire somebody to make the repair. Um, one thing to keep in the back of your mind is you do have a deadline. You have a, s- a closing scheduled, so you want to make sure any repairs can be accomplished prior to closing. The next thing you can do is refuse to make the repair. The seller can just say, no, nope, I don't believe it's necessary. I don't feel obligated. Uh, this is something you can negotiate. Um, Frequently, the seller will offer the buyer a portion of the amount they're requesting. Uh, You know, it's common negotiation. For example, if the roof needs replacement soon, uh, the estimate for a roof is $8,000, and you offer them four, and they decline, and you say, okay, I'll give you $4,500. Or the buyer asks for $300 to replace the broken garage door opener, the seller might say something, try something creative, like, how about if instead I throw in the washer and dryer? Anything like that can be included to uh, negotiate a structural report. You can offer, what's commonly done is offering the buyers a credit at the closing. Uh, Both parties would agree to this, and at the closing, the amount of money to make their repair is deducted from the purchase price, and the buyers will have the work done after they take possession of the house. This is usually agreeable to buyers because they want to make the repair their own way or use their own person for the service. You know, my cousin is a plumber, something like that. There are pros and cons to this. When a repair of any kind is underway, the contractor doing the work may uncover additional problems, which then become the buyer's responsibility to fix because it's now their house. This could be a costly mistake, so it should be considered with caution. Uh, One other thing to remember is that municipal involvement may be necessary, permits may be needed, and that costs money. Um, Also, remember, a credit in lieu of making repair is not always possible. Some repairs may be required prior to closing by the homeowner's insurance company such as an oil tank issue. They may not let you close unless you you resolve that issue. Uh, A big mistake on the seller's part is not doing everything possible to settle any structural issue because sometimes a structural inspection will reveal a problem the buyer is unwilling to accept and the seller refuses to correct. At this point, the buyer may decline to proceed. Uh, Responding to this is critical. It's not a good thing to dig in your heels if you're a seller, because being stubborn does not work to your benefit in this case. If you reach an impasse, remember this. If the buyer balks and walks, you'll have to go through the entire process again. You'll have to put the house back on the market, return to square one, put the house back on the market. The The sale could take months longer, and the next structural inspection is likely going to reveal the exact same problems. Any structural issue that that arises must be resolved eventually. Think about this. Is it better to settle it now and proceed to the closing, or do you want to start all over and wait for the house to sell again, maybe for less money? You do not want to lose a good deal over structural issues. Okay, we have a caller. Uh, Ray in Pennsylvania. Hi, Ray. You're on House Talk.
0: I'm sorry.
3: Uh, uh, It's William. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, William in Pennsylvania. Hi, you're on house How you, talk. <laughs> How you doing? Good. What's up? Happy holidays. And well, um, you. So yeah, I was calling.
0: In, I guess, I've, I've been wrestling with the, the thought of uh, do I. You know, is this a good time of year, being the holidays and all that? Like, do you, do you want to put your house on the market now? Um, as a seller and you know where are the buyers at mentally during the holidays and you know I guess I don't know It's like, a good time to keep doing real estate or not a good time.
3: That's a great question. And, you know, we get asked that a lot, and a lot of people want to put it off until after the holidays because they're involved with so many other things. But should you list your house during, between the Thanksgiving and Christmas time? Absolutely. This is one of the best times to list a house, and I'll tell you why. A lot of folks don't want to get involved in real estate transactions for a variety of reasons during this time. Uh, sellers, they figure that no one's looking for a house during December. This is not true. Uh, Buyers may be occupied with other concerns like family, religious activities, uh, shopping for Christmas. Let's face it, our lives are really busy during the holidays uh, and this may deter people from getting involved in a real estate transaction. However, here are the facts. Sellers putting the house on the market are usually highly motivated during this time. That means they're selling because they have to and they might have to do it quickly. Maybe they're in the market because they need to sell right away. They can't wait until January or February. This is definitely to the advantage of a buyer. Because the seller may be really negotiable and you could get a great deal. But it's also to the advantage of the seller to list their house now because buyers looking for a home in this time frame are generally anxious to buy or need to buy right now. Otherwise they just wait until January. And also the other big thing is that housing inventory is usually a little lower in December whereas in January we see a lot of new listings come on the market. And as a seller, which would you prefer? You tell me. Would you rather be uh, one of a few houses like yours on the market, or would you rather be one of many that show up in a search that are like your house? Your house might be the only one like yours on the market right now, and that's not going to be the case in January. Uh,
0: good, uh, good, good point. Actually, I was listening to this show a little bit earlier, and I, uh, you know, I know you noticed you were talking about home inspection issues. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I've heard through friends and other people, you know, sometimes I've I've been advised that as a buyer, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that you want to, um, you know, give them a really good offer Mm -hmm. and then get money back in the home inspection. Is that a good strategy or is that not a good strategy?
3: Now, I would st- that should be negotiated separately. There, those are two separate things. Negotiate the best price you can rather than looking forward to the structural inspection and thinking, gee, maybe I can get money back during the structural. Make your best deal on the house first because you know you might go to the structural and find nothing wrong, or on the other hand, you might get to the structural and it may the negotiation may not go the way you want to in the structural. So, don't go into the structural. Thinking, oh, I'm going to get money back on my house, uh, on my like purchase. A, re- a
0: rebate involved.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, have you recently bought a house, or are you looking to are you looking to sell yours soon?
0: Uh, I I did buy a house recently, but I actually may be selling it soon, and, and hopefully, you know, uh, uh, trading up, so to speak.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, did, any, so, did any interesting but, structural issues come up?
0: Um, a couple. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I I have a house that has um, it's an older early 1900 house so it had a little bit of structural um foundation not it's is it minor but you know minor cracks in the foundation and uh some other minor issues uh that, that didn't disturb me too much um but I don't know if they're going to be like if when I go to sell my house what is the buyer of my house going to be concerned about um because obviously I realize that their concerns may not be the same as mine. Um, yeah. And the structural issues may uh, come into play at that point in time. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, but uh, you know, when people tell me, hey, you know, going uh, go strong and you can always backpedal on the structural issues. Um, I've had a couple of my friends tell me that, and I don't know how well that works. <laughs> I feel yeah. like you're, you're kind of uh, presenting a false front.
3: Yeah. That, that's that would that's that's a realtor's reaction when that happens because if a, if a seller, if a buyer comes to me and says, listen, I'm going to offer this much, but I'm expecting to get $5,000 back when we do the structural inspection because I'm going to complain about everything, I would try to dissuade them from doing that. First of all, it's a little bit dishonest to do that, uh, but I, I really – it's kind of a sleazy tactic. That's the way I, I view it. Uh, but I don't think you – you may not come up with uh, anything in the structural inspection that you can get money back for. Suppose you go to the structural inspection and everything with the house is fine. Then you're stuck. You're not getting any money back. So make the best deal you can up front. Uh, negotiate strongly uh, during the, the home sale process and, uh, and you know, get what you want at that point. How important
0: are things – like when you talk about structural like, um – like? You know, some houses have uh, some pumps and French drains, and some don't, mm-hmm. depending on what part of the country you're in, you may need it, you may not. Um, uh, is that something, I, I guess, I don't know, how, how important it is to I guess, in this area where, where you're broadcasting from, what what, what do you... What's your opinion?
3: Well, water is always an issue. That's not, I'm in the Northeast, but but water in your, if you have a basement in your house and you've got water in it, that is absolutely an issue because that's a multitude of other problems, including mold can result from that. Plus, if you have water in your basement, that's not a usable basement. What good is a basement that gets water all the time? You can't use it. That's pointless to me. You really want to resolve that issue during the structural inspection. Did you have water in your basement? No, I don't.
0: I'm I'm, I'm fortunate right now, but, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, when I bought the house, mm-hmm. um, it had uh, pipes in the basement, um, you know, water pipes, gas lines, things like that. Mm-hmm. And they were um, uh, wrapped in asbestos. You know, okay. I mean, they're cleanly wrapped in the, you know, but, um, you yeah, well, know. I'm going
3: to I'm 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 get into environmental concerns such as asbestos on a different show. But am I, yeah, yeah, with the, it's asbestos it's, it's, is one of those things that you don't do that yourself. You hire a professional to do that.
0: I was going to say they, they, they told me I need to get you know, people to come in and, and deal oh, with that absolutely. what, what was the question like? because then I had other people advise that yeah, you can just you know, take it care could, of it yourself
3: it, and it could be a dangerous situation because I've seen these, these guys that handle asbestos uh, the, asbestos remediators they come in in space suits and, and clean the whole house out and they check the environmental air quality and all that st- sort of thing so it's it's a pretty thorough uh, job. But there are certain things you really want to have done by a licensed professional that you don't want to try. I mean, you know, if there are just too many things that can go wrong with asbestos. You, you don't want to mess with that.
0: Um, obviously, since you're a realtor, I guess I, I, when, as I go to look for my next house and, and, and sell the current house I'm in,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, what would be... I don't want to put a number on it, but let's say two, three, four. Like uh, the things that you would say that, like when you're taking a client out as a buyer or you're representing a seller, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to structural issues, what what are the things that you're most concerned about? Like, what should I prepare myself as a, as a seller and look for as a buyer? In in like, if you had to pick just a few, because I, I know there's yeah, a, that's, that's done that's, before. And there's I'm, a million I'm, things.
3: Yeah, it's, it's kind of a broad question. and I'm up against the clock. Uh, it's, it's something that's, that's a great question to sit down with a realtor. When you're first sitting down with a realtor to buy a house or to sell a house, that's a great question. But it's, it's too long an explanation that I have time for now, and I'm going to have to go. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I no, pre- appreciate you uh, taking the call. Thank you. Yes. Th- thanks so much for the call. You're on House Talk. Uh, we're going to no go problem. to a quick break. I will be back shortly. I'm Duncan Smythe. This is House Talk.
1: Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The Daytime Discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com, and now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists, and we'll take your questions and comments during our live show, Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety.
2: If you like what you're hearing on the show today, or if you have a question or comment for Duncan, contact him on Twitter at housetalkguy or email him at housetalkguy at gmail.com. Duncan's book, Colossal Mistakes Home Sellers Make, is available at ColossalMistakes.com or through any online bookseller. Duncan can also help you choose an outstanding real estate agent in your area. If you'd like Duncan to recommend a great local realtor for you, go to his website, DuncanSmythe.com, and click on Recommend a Realtor. are listening to house talk with duncan smythe to reach our show call in to 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to housetalkguy at gmail.com or tweet duncan at housetalkguy and don't forget to like us on facebook House Talk with duncan smythe now back to the show okay we're back with House Talk. i'm duncan smythe
3: let's take an email question Ellen from Florida writes, what's the strangest thing that's happened to you in a real estate transaction? (laughs) Well, every realtor has a lot of great stories. Uh, One comes to mind that didn't actually happen to me. It happened to a close friend of mine who works in my office. Uh, She's an agent with a lot of experience. She's been around for 25 years. And for many years, she has specialized in distressed property, foreclosed properties, uh, that type of uh, property. Uh, she sold a house in a rundown neighborhood in a really, it was just a really bad section of town. She sold the house just after a very heavy snowfall. Now, this house, um, I almost hesitate to call it a house. It was an abandoned structure. Uh, you would call it a crack house. It had been a crack house that was frequented by drug users. It had been boarded up and closed up for a long time. But her investor wanted to buy it to, you know, he was going to fix it up and flip it. She closed the deal quickly. And when they went, about a month later, they went to the house for a walkthrough on the day of the closing. And the snow in the backyard had melted, revealing a corpse on the back lawn. <laughs> Needless to say, the closing uh, was delayed. While the police investigated, the closing did not occur when it was supposed to. But hey, that can happen. <laughs> Hasn't happened to me, but um, I really I look forward to the first time it does. All right, let me talk about this for a minute. I'm taking an email question from Herb in Maine. My aunt passed away, and I'm selling her house. Uh, We've removed everything, and we're ready to put the house on the market, but it's vacant. Are there any special considerations when selling a vacant house? Yes. Uh, There are a lot of reasons why people would put a house on the market while it's vacant. Uh, You may have had to move out of the area quickly due to a job transfer. Um, Perhaps your mother passed away, and it's an estate sale. Maybe it was an investment or a rental property that you never lived in. Whatever the reason, there are a few considerations uh, when trying to sell a vacant house. First of all, maintenance. In your absence, the house should be kept in the best condition possible, just as if you were continu- continuing to live there. The yard should be maintained. Uh, Arrange to have someone cut the grass and keep the property looking nice. You want to make it look lived in. Have the plants watered, uh, the bushes, maintain the lawn as needed. Uh, remove any snow. In many regions of the country, there's the potential for snowfall, sometimes really heavy snowfall in the northern half of the country. The sidewalks and entrances have to be kept clear if you want buyers to be able to get into the house. Maybe there has to be a path to the door so buyers can get in. You want to keep the house in a comfortable temperature range, uh, usually 68 to 72 degrees. Because even if you're not living there, if buyers come into the house, it's going to be really difficult for them to feel at home in a house that's, that's sweltering hot or bitter cold. Uh, it's a distraction, and it's a huge turnoff for most buyers. Uh, if your house is heated with oil or bottled gas, make sure there's a, a sufficient supply to last uh, while you're gone or until someone can get there to refill it. Uh, in most areas, I would recommend uh, winterizing the house. During the cold months, it's the best thing you can do. Usually, this is usually done by a plumber. Uh, the way it works is a plumber comes into the house turns off the main water source uh, and flushes the pipes to empty them. Uh, this is done to ensure that pipes don't freeze. Because if pipes freeze and rupture, that's a problem. Uh, if this, unless this has happened to you, you have no idea what a nightmare it is to have uh, ruptured pipes in your house. If they can flood the downstairs, they can flood the main level. To come home from vacation uh, to a living room with six inches of water is, as I said, it is definitely a nightmare. Every realtor I know has a horror story about someone returning from vacation and finding that. Make sure your homeowner's insurance is in effect uh, if the house is not occupied. You do not want to let your homeowner's insurance lapse because things can happen to an unoccupied house. You know that. Uh, Security is an issue, uh, hopefully not a major problem in your area. Uh, It's still wise, however, to take a few precautions. Whenever possible, it's best to make the house appear to be occupied. The first thing you can do for security, and by far the best thing, is to tell your neighbors. If you're going to be away, talk to your neighbors, let them know the house will be vacant, and ask them to watch for any unusual or suspicious activity. Be sure they have your contact numbers to reach you if there is an emergency. Uh, Put the lights on timers. Um, I, I recommend putting several on timers. Those timers are pretty cheap. I would recommend putting several lights on timers. And I I definitely recommend one in the bathroom because if a burglar is watching the house and sees a light in the bathroom going on and off, he may assume someone is at home. Uh, In particularly crime-prone neighborhoods, uh, consider putting a radio on a timer. Uh, A lot of people believe someone is home if they hear a sound coming from the house. So if you have a radio on a timer, uh, like a talk station, someone someone may walk up to a window and hear a voice and immediately walk away. That's not a bad uh, strategy. If a friend or neighbor is checking the house regularly, have them turn different lights on and off every day. Uh, Newspaper and mail delivery. Uh, Not everybody's getting newspapers delivered anymore, but you want to have mail forwarded or picked up by a friend or a neighbor. Uh, Although even if you're not getting a newspaper delivery, a lot of areas have these shopper type newspapers that are free and they throw them into everyone's driveway. Well, nothing screams we're not home louder than six of those sitting in your driveway. So you want to get rid of those. Um, in some areas of the country, I remember when I was younger, we used to do this. You, you notify the local police if you're going away. In smaller towns, this they may still do this. They may still keep a log of the homes of people who are on vacation or away on business. And if anything happens, they would have the contact information uh, to call you. Okay, uh, we have a call. Diane in New Jersey.
5: Hi, Duncan. I love your show.
3: Oh, hi, Diane. Welcome to House Talk. Can you hear me? No. Can you hear me? I guess you can't hear me. Diane, can you hear me? Hello. <laughs> Diane, do you, are you in a bad cell? I, I'm, I'm hearing her say hello. That's um, no. Okay, the, the call dropped. Well, maybe she'll call back. Let's take, an, let's take another email uh, question. I got okay let's maybe we can get diane back we'll give that a shot i have an email question from judy in colorado judy writes what's the difference between a short sale and a foreclosure that's a pretty good question that's a problem that's unfortunately uh, all too common right now Uh, a short sale occurs when you're planning to sell your home but you owe more money than your home is worth Uh, if i put it another way the actual market value of your property is less than you owe on your mortgage. That's. Uh, and there are several ways to deal with this. Uh, oh, Diane is back. Let's take the call while she's on the line. Diane?
5: Yes. Hi, Duncan.
3: I'm sorry. We apparently dropped the call.
5: Oh, uh, I'm so on. sorry. Maybe That's it was okay.
3: something I did. Hey, your
5: Duncan. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering. Um, I'm a first-time home buyer, and I'm getting really confused on... How to go about everything because I'm okay. different. People are telling me different things. What mm-hmm. would you suggest is the first thing that I should do? Well, me and my husband should do um, before we, you know, start start the process. Um, or, you know, what what's the first thing should we do?
3: Okay, the very first step I recommend when anyone is in a buying situation, it's your first time, is you want to meet with a mortgage banker, mortgage broker, a banker. You want to get pre-approved for a mortgage. That's different from pre-qualification. You want to get a pre-approval from a, from a bank or mortgage company. And what that means is you're going to sit down with a mortgage banker, and he's going to talk to you, and he's going to run your credit. He's going to check your pay stubs, that kind of stuff. And that's, that is going to be your first step.
5: Okay, the other thing I want to know is that now we have $30,000 to put down. Okay. Um, my parents seem to think that's not enough and that we should wait another year. But I really don't want to wait another year. What's your suggestion on that? Or well, how do you feel?
3: Well, here's the problem with waiting. I've heard people say that before. Let's wait and save up more money, or let's wait until we have more money. You have no idea what the housing market is going to do between now and next year. I don't know. That's a crystal ball question. I have no idea. Houses may go up a bit in value and you would have lost all the time you wasted while you were saving up more money. The house might have gone up more than that in value. So I don't recommend that. I recommend buying when you can and buy what you can afford. Uh, But but as you sit down with a mortgage broker, uh, he is going to tell you what you can afford to spend and how much the payments would be and that's going to give you a great comfort level.
5: Okay. Approximately, I know you probably don't know the exact amount, but how approximately how much is closing cost on a house? Because that's another well, thing, because that's all we have is the 30000
3: Yeah. Well, closing costs usually are in the range of $5,000, but some of that is negotiable because when you're negotiating to buy a house, you can sometimes uh, request that the seller pay some of the closing costs. That's very commonly done. Uh, and that's a negotiation point. You can say, listen, we're buying your house, but we want it, want you to give us back a couple of thousand dollars in closing costs. And that's a great question for a realtor when you sit down with a realtor.
5: Okay. Um, approximately, um, do you know what the interest rate is right about now, or is that something that kind of varies too?
3: It, it varies constantly, but uh, last week, the 30-year fixed rate was about four and a quarter. And, uh, you know... I'm coming up against the clock I've got to take a break can you hold on and I'll talk to you after the break sure thanks Diane okay Uh, let's go to a break I'll be back in a couple of minutes I'm Duncan Smythe this is House Talk
2: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
4: hi i'm joe galeta president of millennium home mortgage we know that owning a home is the american dream and we are here to make that dream come true for you with years of experience and exceptional customer service we will help you navigate the often murky waters of the mortgage industry working hard to find a mortgage program that's best for you For more information, go to mhmlender.com, Millennium Home Mortgage, the first place to go for a mortgage.
1: Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. Tune in every week
2: for Impact Africa with host Tope Fajan Get ready to be inspired by the people, stories, and opportunities in Africa. We're a community of Africans and friends of Africa living all over the world. Together, we'll celebrate the continent's successes and help provide solutions to some of its greatest challenges. Impact Africa can be heard every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Together, we'll discover that the real Africa is more than what you hear about. If you like what you're hearing on the show today, or if you have a question or comment for Duncan, contact him on Twitter at housetalkguy or email him at housetalkguy at gmail.com. Duncan's book, Colossal Mistakes Home Sellers Make, is available at colossalmistakes.com or through any online bookseller. Duncan can also help you choose an outstanding real estate agent in your area. If you'd like Duncan to recommend a great local realtor for you, go to his website, duncansmythe.com, and click on Recommend a Realtor. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to House Talk with Duncan Smythe. To reach our show, call in to one 472 That's one 472 5788 you may also send an email to housetalkguy at gmail.com or tweet Duncan at housetalkguy. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Now, back to the show.
3: Okay, we're back with House Talk, and we're still on the phone with Diane, who is a first time home buyer and she has $30,000 to put down on a house. Diane, are you still with us?
5: Yes, I am. Okay. Um, I have one more question. Sure, Duncan. sure. Um, my husband and I. We're kind of not sure, you know, exactly where we want to live, what town. Um, what do you suggest we look for in a town? I know we kind of wanted, um, you know, maybe one with a train station um, because he does commute to the city, but it's not really necessary. If you know, I don't know. What, what do you think we should really look for when we're looking?
3: My best, my best suggestion here is find a realtor who can help you through the process. Uh, okay. Once once you get pre-approved for a loan, you want to connect with a good realtor because realtors don't just work in this in one town where their office is; they work right. usually in all the surrounding towns also. And uh, are you looking in an area you're familiar with, or that you grew up in, something like that, or are you moving out of the area?
5: No, Northern Jersey is what we're okay. looking. But you know, a lot of different towns and.
3: Okay. Well, here's here's my suggestion. Uh, lots of potential buyers begin the search. By going to open houses, and I think that's a great idea. The, uh, they do okay. what I call the, what I call the open house hop. They spend Sunday afternoons, or in some areas, it's Saturday afternoons. They travel from one open house to another. This is a great way to begin your familiarization with the housing market. Uh, you can learn the values of the homes in the neighborhood you're searching. You can learn what your dollar will buy, and it's a pretty good way to find a realtor to work with. Uh, you'll find an agent at each house who's anxious to help you in your search. What I would okay. suggest is. Try to develop some rapport rapport with the realtor because, uh, you know, you're, you're going to like one. You're not going to like one that much. Some buyers prefer to work with a woman, some with a man. Some buyers would rather deal with a young, energetic realtor. Others prefer an older, more experienced agent. Uh, the bottom line is find someone you're comfortable with.
5: Okay. All right. Thank and you also, so much, one, Duncan.
3: One thing, one thing I do want to mention, though, while you're, while you're on the phone is one thing I would not do, and this is a, a common mistake that that new home buyer, new buyers face is jumping from one realtor to another. Uh, that's what? something that I would say every realtor has experienced th- this. And once you choose a realtor you like, stick with her. Don't go to okay. six open. I, I wouldn't go to six open houses and ask each realtor to help you find a house. This usually backfires. Uh, If you have one person representing you, that agent will devote herself entirely to help you find a house. She'll search through new homes on the market every day. She'll call you, email you when a house comes on the market that meets your criteria and your budget. Uh, If you you jump from one agent to another, you're not going to get good service from any of them. Uh, Most realtors, you know, in most towns, the realtors know each other and they talk to each other. The instant they find out that they're both working for the same client, you know what happens? They both drop you. You're, you're wasting right. their time. No, no agent wants to work with a buyer who's, who's talking to every realtor in town. It's really unfair and it's really disloyal, but it's never to your benefit as a buyer. Think about this, Diane. If you, uh, would you go to a different doctor every time you were sick? No. Would you take your car to a different mechanic every time it needed service? Of course right. not. You want right. the person who understands your needs and knows you It's the same thing with a realtor. Now that doesn't mean you have to stick with a realtor who's not serving you well. If If your realtor isn't staying in contact or you find out your realtor has not been keeping you informed about houses on the market, it's okay to switch. But jumping around does not work in your favor.
5: Okay, so you're saying like if I go to one town and I'm thinking about another town that I should still stick with the same realtor, right?
3: Sure, yeah, I would ask the realtor what areas, on first meeting, if you're going to meet a realtor at an open house, on first okay. meeting, I would say, what towns do you work in? And tell me a little bit about the towns. Any good realtor knows all about the surrounding towns. They know about the school systems. They know about the values of the houses in the town. Oh. And and if you say to them, listen, I've got 30000 to put down. I've met with a mortgage person. I have this much money to spend. This is my, uh, my budget. Uh, which town am I best looking in? And the realtor will tell you, well, town X, little high for your budget, Town Y schools aren't so great. I suggest Town C. Town, you know that's the better that's the better choice for you in your budget, and that's that's the best way to start. A realtor is a really valuable resource in that case. Now
5: they know the taxes and everything
3: too. So oh, absolutely. So. Uh, a, a good oh. realtor, and and in in most cases, uh, a realtor doesn't always have uh, you know a computer with them at, at an open house, but say, listen, email me some more listings, and when you get home from your house on. Uh, the realtor will email you a, a, a you know whatever is currently on the market that's in your price range, and that's that's to your benefit too because you might not you might end up buying something totally different when you what you originally started looking at. That's pretty common, actually.
5: Okay. Now, the only place then what I should do I should look in the newspaper for the open houses or on the website. Is that the best thing to do to look for open houses on mm-hmm. Sundays?
3: Open houses are on a lot of different websites now. Uh, Openhouse.com is one that comes to mind. I think there are a lot of different, uh, you know, a lot of different real estate companies put their houses on open day. But also a lot of individual multiple listing systems, they also have... Open, any open houses and it's they're fairly easy to find uh, or you, you know you can just do what everyone does they, try, they just drive around they look at signs on a Sunday afternoon there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing right. wrong with that uh, the local papers yes but you know circulation of papers has diminished in recent years and although right. uh, most real estate companies still advertise in the paper it's a good it's a great uh, resource to find uh, something you're looking for uh, and to go back to what you're talking about about uh, about uh, $30,000 down uh, it used to be that you had to put 20% down on a house. That is absolutely right. not true anymore. When you meet with a mortgage broker, he's going to tell you what you can afford to spend. And sometimes, you know, uh, even after the housing market crashed between 07 and 09, uh, once again, you can put 3% down. If you have good credit, you can buy a house with as little as 3% down. There are FHA loans available. There are VA loans available if someone in your home is a, uh, is a veteran. Uh, so th- there are lots of financial options for you. But we want to explore that first.
5: Okay, that's the first thing I'm going to do because we do have good credit. But, Mm -hmm. but, you know, right now that's all. And what you said about the 20%, that's what my parents were saying. You have to have 20% and that's not going to be in much house. But, okay.
3: That's kind of an old chestnut right now. There, uh, 20%, do I recommend that you put 20% down? Sure, but if you're buying a a $500,000 house, who has $100,000 in the bank? Not a lot of people have that. And, you know, it's... uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So you buy what you can afford. And, and uh, Diane, I think you'll find something you really like. But here's another suggestion. If you have any trouble finding a realtor um, in the area you're looking, you can go to my website, duncansmith.com. click on recommend a realtor, and I will be glad to recommend a great local realtor in your neighborhood.
5: Okay. Thank you so much, Duncan.
3: Okay. I'm, I'm coming to the end. I got to go. Thanks a lot for calling, Diane.
5: Okay. Thank you. Bye.
3: Okay. I started to talk about uh, short sales and foreclosures but it looks like uh, we are out of time for that right now. We're up against the clock. We're coming to the end. So let me see what's up for next week. Um, yeah, you want to definitely want to join me next week. Our opening topic will be, help, I'm living in my parents' basement. <laughs> are you looking to move out? How do you start looking for a place to rent? Should you use a realtor? What are the initial costs of renting an apartment? How much of your total income should you spend on housing? Do you need renter's insurance? How much deposit will you need? Uh, There are pet issues. You're going to have to buy furniture. Uh, Learn everything you need to know when taking that first step out of the nest. Call me with your questions about renting. That's next week at the same time, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America channel. I'd like to thank my engineer, Justin Jackman, and my executive producer, Brandy Jackson. Uh, If you missed any part of today's show or you want to listen again, go to my show page here on voiceamerica.com. Merry Christmas to everyone. I'm Duncan Smythe. This has been House Talk.
2: Thank you again for tuning in to House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Like us on Facebook and join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week!